This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. There's no ROI on TMI. That's why TD Ameritrade created a learning experience that will actually learn with you. Curated from their vast library of exclusive content, it customizes to fit your investing goals, interests, and needs, so you get exactly the information you need and none of the information you don't. Get started at tdameritrade.com education. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com education. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Welcome to Trick or Treat. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me. At Jim Kramer. Hold on a second. You don't go from fabulous to horrible overnight. We don't suddenly douse the entire edifice of a strong consumer only, only on Halloween. Would anyone accept the trick that we're about to go into recession because of weak numbers and more negative trade talk rather than the treat of good earnings and low interest rates? Yet on days like today, when we get some soft manufacturing data, we do believe the worst is yet to come. Something that may be exacerbated by the so-called trade stalemate. And that's why the Dow sank 140 points. S&P lost 0.30%. NASDAQ was down 0.14%. One point, the market was down far more than that. Uh, I think it's a big mistake to panic here. And not just because no one ever made a dime panicking. See, the truth is, nothing we heard today should come as much of a surprise to you If you're a watcher of the show, that's because for months I've been telling you that we have two economies in this country. There's the consumer economy, which is red hot, as we'll hear later in the show when we talk to a couple of companies. And then there's the industrial economy, which is weak and in many cases getting weaker. Fortunately, the consumer economy is a lot larger than the industrial economy in the United States. That's why industrial weakness simply can't bring the whole stock market down by itself. No, it can't. It just isn't big enough. The industrial slowdown can bring down manufacturing for sure. But with the exception of some companies that cut their forecasts, most of the enterprises are doing pretty well. And by the way, the forecast cutters are few and far between. Now, maybe the industrial stocks have gotten a little too high. I will share that view with you. But the actual fundamentals are better than the macro data certainly would lead you to believe. All right, what about the other big negative? Today, a story was floated by an important, incredible, reliable business network, which claimed the Chinese aren't about to make a serious deal with the United States. The market wants to deal, so of course that caused the news to get hammered. I was up at three this morning, and uh, the, nothing, there had been no negative news. The story broke around four, and then the market just plummeted. So that's how I know. Now, at the end of the day, well, that's when I saw the story. At the end of the day, we have no real knowledge of what's happening behind the scenes. I don't share everything that I hear about trade with you. Why don't I do that? Because I often believe the information I have may not give you the full picture of what's going on. So if you act on it, you may not make money. So I don't. Tell you, but I do know this. China's not calling the shots here. The Chinese economy's rolling over. And anyone who thinks that they're in charge of their own destiny, listen to me, is dreaming. Dreaming. The press here in America tends to be very credulous when it comes to the Chinese government. We're constantly being told that they plan a dozen moves ahead, that they're thinking for the long term. This is ridiculous, people. The Chinese Communist Party is capable of making mistakes and misjudgments just like anybody else. Don't fall for it. 
Here's how I see the trade war. The United States and China are on the same repeated collision course, but there's one huge difference that no one ever seems to be willing to talk about or or, or doesn't want to talk about. I don't know. Behind the scenes, our government is relentless in insisting that U.S. companies move out of China, take their jobs out of China with all deliberate speed. We do a ton of manufacturing over there. They don't do much manufacturing over here. Both countries have a problem with employment. China can't afford to keep losing jobs. They're flying to other countries in Southeast Asia. That's a bad problem to have if you're running an authoritarian one-party state. The last thing that party needs is more unrest, like the kind that they can't seem to quell in Hong Kong. Huge face loss every weekend. On the other hand, here in the United States, we have a different problem. We can't find enough workers to fill all the jobs we have. Their situation is decidedly suboptimal. Our situation is fabulous, especially since there's no real inflation to speak of. So do this for me. Every time you hear about Chinese intransigence, remember that our companies just bought more time to get the heck out of China. And that's the president's design. Think of Zebra Technologies. They came on the show the other day. They told us they're moving out of the People's Republic as fast as possible. They used to make everything there. I mean, well, most of it. I don't see what uh, see China winning back that business. I mean, they can put all the soybean orders in the way they want. They're not going to get Zebra's business back. They can order all the 747s they want. They're not going to get Zebra. And Zebra's emblematic, people. I've got dozens of companies that are moving out. Let me, actually, I've got hundreds. Just, I mean, you can check them off. But in the S&P, there's about dozens. Let me make this very simple. The longer these trade talks drag on, the worse it is for China, not us. Maybe some presents will end up costing more this holiday season because of the tariffs. You'll hear about one later in the show. But that's a small price to pay. Plus, you may not even see these price increases because I expect WATCH, my trenchant acronym for Walmart, Amazon, Costco, Target, and Home Depot, will be able to force their suppliers to eat most of the tariff costs. I expect them all to have a really good Christmas. Third point, didn't the Fed just cut interest rates like yesterday because it was worried about the economy? See, it did the right thing. Did they really say they won't cut again? No, that's just that parlor game. Oh, we're going to talk about that, too. Fed Chief Jay Powell, after initially being captured by the anti-inflation ideologues, has finally come to a census. He's doing what's right. Tons of home-related loans and auto loans get priced off the short-term rate set by the Fed. There'll be a lot more business being done thanks to the rate cut. Jay Powell has our back, even if people in the media like to speculate that he doesn't. More on that. Stuff gets me angry. Fourth, did anyone even bother all these naysayers, negatives, did they bother to listen to the Apple call, the Facebook call last night? Holy cow. I mean, yes, it, look, it took, it took me an hour and 15 minutes to read the Apple call, and it took me about an hour and a half to read the Facebook call. It is really grim. I don't want to do it. There was a lot of cool things on TV last night, but I got to read the damn calls. I'm telling you, people don't do it, because if they had, they realized that Facebook's practically coining money, and they're helping hundreds of thousands of business people build businesses, though all we ever hear about is their policy on political ads. I think they should just sticker this darn stuff with the same kind of warning you find on packs of cigarettes, and then they can move on. Meanwhile, Apple selling incredibly expensive phones, which I think are a bargain, by the way, and their accessories at such a rapid pace that it's hard to believe anyone's really talking about a weak economy. If anything, both Facebook and Apple would indicate that things are getting better, not worse, with the consumer. Neither company is totally emblematic of the earnings season. They're way too good. But I've got to tell you, when I search the bevy of, of all the different uh, the conference calls, statements that I read, do you know what? I, other than Grubhub, I haven't heard a company say things are terrible. Just grub up. And that's a promiscuous situation. What can you do in this in this era here? I think it's simple. All stocks went up in the most recent rally. Now everything's coming back down in the sell-off. In the rally, the industrial stocks soared while the food and drug stocks, they did they meandered up. 
Those industrials now need to give back some of their gains. But stocks like Bristol-Myers, Merck, Eli Lilly, Biogen, Abbott Labs, they can and should be bought on the way down. All right, let me give you a couple others that I've been reading that I really kind of like. I like Mondelez. And waste management. Don't forget, Walmart, Target, and Costco, they're going to soon reach overhaul territory. That's attractive to me. When we get these sell-offs, we tend to hear broad, sweeping predictions, often of dire proportions. We hear that Apple's moved up too far too fast, or that Starbucks didn't rally, so the quarter must not be that good. In my view, you should be thinking totally the opposite. I want you to view this pullback as a gift. Cross your fingers and hope the market will let you into Apple at lower prices because it's gotten too cheap given its fantastic evergreen stream of revenue. Tell yourself the sellers are wrong. It is time to pick up some Starbucks, which had a truly fantastic quarter, yet rallied a paltry 37 cents. That stock's a buy. Hey, don't waste cents or buzz. Bottom line. When you look at the sell-off through that prism that I just gave you, uh, the one after everything taking into account that's going right, you'll recognize that nothing has changed here except the stock prices got cheaper. The market's throwing you sale that it doesn't need to throw. That's opportunity, not tragedy. Mark in Arizona, Mark. Jim, what's up? I don't know much. How about you, partner? Man, I'm dying here. Why? Of all of the can- well, of all the cannabis stocks, I thought after Constellation Brands put four billion into canopy growth, it was going to go, go, go. But it's down to nineteen. Mark, they all trade together. The one giant ETF. It really doesn't matter. Remember, there is no real CEO. There's a guy, a caretaker CEO. Canopy did not do well under Bruce Linton. Sorry, I know he thinks he did well, but boy. I- uh, it would have been better just to keep the bat on his shoulders. I do believe that one day cannabis will get its mojo back, but not anytime soon because there's no earnings to speak of and the shorts keep laying on all the stocks. Ethan in California. Ethan. Jim. It's a yes. pleasure. Hi. Match Group is going to be spun off. What kind of impact could that have on? We don't worry about the spinoff. We know that the business is good, and that's what we care about. And you're getting a bargain match, but even cheaper than match is Interactive itself. Barry Dillard, very good interview the other day. How about Matthew and Marilyn? Matthew. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. Thanks a lot for making investing so exciting for millennials like me. I really okay. do appreciate it. So about three months ago, I started investing in stocks, and I took your advice and took some risks as a young investor, and it paid off 26% just in my first three weeks. However, since then, I've gone into the red from earnings plays that were beat but still plunged regardless. The most recent example was ENPH and Phase Energy. It was down 27% from its August high. Right. My research suggested it was, they ended up beating earnings anyways but still plunged another 25%. So why does the stock plunge another? Well, there are, I mean, it, it went up a lot on a short squeeze, okay? It is a solar power solutions play. Those have lots of short sellers. It's interesting. We, we, we mentioned the short seller in Canopy. They knocked it down. I think that ENPH is being knocked down by short sellers. They actually have the ability to do it. Now, I am not blaming short sellers per se. I'm saying they're just selling it very aggressively. If you really love it, you can go buy it very aggressively. So there is two sides of the same coin. But I don't want you to do so. I am more conservative than that. All right, listen to me. I don't want you to be intimidated by today. I don't mean intimidated by today's action. The sellers, I think, for the most part, did not heed what I'm talking about here. All right? Uh, this is what opportunity looks like on Maybody Tonight. From winter boots to down jackets, Columbia Sportswear can help protect you from the elements. But after earnings, is the stock feeling 
to chill, I'm sizing up the company with the CEO. And forget the darn parlor games. I'm going to tell you why it's time to focus on good old-fashioned stock picking. And it's the biggest day of the year for Smarties. I'm getting the story of the family-run company from the women behind the business. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com. This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing isn't one size fits all. Every investor has a unique style. That's why TD Ameritrade offers two different mobile apps. There's TD Ameritrade Mobile, which lets you manage your portfolio with streamlined simplicity. Or Thinkorswim Mobile, which gives you tools you need for more advanced trades and in-depth analysis. Visit tdameritrade.com apps to find the one that's right for you. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com slash apps. Some stocks, they just can't catch a break in this market. Last night, we got results from Columbia Sportswear. That's the house of apparel brands you know as Columbia, Sorrel, Mountain Hardware, Prana, among other things. Now, the company reported a fabulous beat and raised good guidance here. 20 cent earnings beat off $1.55 basis. Higher than expected, sales up 14% year over year. Even better, management raised their full year forecast. Yet the stock fell nearly $3 or 3.15% today. Why? Well, in part, it's because maybe the company only raised its guidance by five cents a share, which is pretty conservative given that they just delivered a 20 cent beat. But perhaps also because some anonymous Chinese officials told Bloomberg that they're doubtful about the prospect of reaching a trade deal. Columbia Sportswear is widely perceived as having too much China exposure, both as part of its supply chain and as an end market. This is something that's been holding the stock back all all year, even though the company supported three straight beat and raised quarters in a row. I think it's nuts. When Columbia peaked at 109 back in February, Wall Street only expected them to earn $4.08 per share. Uh, now that the company's gotten for 470 or 480 and the stock has pulled back to 90 sooner or later, I think the market's going to give this thing the credit it deserves. But do not take it from me. Let's check in with Tim Boyle, the president and CEO of Columbia Sportswear, get a better sense of the quarter and where his company is headed. Mr. Boyle, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Great to talk to you. Tim, you've got some accelerating brands I want to talk to first before we get to this China issue. Uh, Sorrel, this is a remarkable brand. It's almost as if you just launched it. How did it suddenly get in a reacceleration that is pretty dramatic versus all the other brands I follow? Well, you know, it's it's really interesting, and I think actually probably was missed in yesterday's announcement. But Sorrel's third quarter was up 27 percent. You know, if you remember, Sorrel's an old brand, frankly. It was started in the 20s in Canada and was really a men's work brand. It caught fire a little bit in the uh, 90s when it became really the snowboarders, snowboard boot. 
But frankly, we've converted that. I, should, I shouldn't say we. It's really been our management team at Sorrel that's converted that brand and its entire reputation as a functional product into a women's fashion footwear brand. And it's been very, very exciting. It's really where the, the, the convolution of fashion and, and footwear function come together. And uh, it's been very widely accepted. And it's really been a, a real key story for us this year. And again, it just proves the power of footwear. Uh, we had nice growth and on top of uh, significant growth in historical periods. It's, it's going to be a really big brand someday. All right, let me drill down that because when you say that it's the footwear, what you really, I think, for our viewers saying, it's organic. It's not like you're taking out full-page ads. You're not doing these large TV commercials. It's just people see it on other people's feet and they buy it. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's an incredibly successful product based on its product attributes and the brand's reputation. So we're very excited about it. Big opportunity there. Now, you are... Uh Got something very exciting that, again, I didn't think get enough talk on the comm school. And I, I may not pronounce it right, but it's SH slash FT footwear, uh, your new footwear line. Shift. And it looks like yes. that to me it, that shift is something that I should be wearing, but also my kids should be wearing. Is this some sort of universal message? Because they're really pretty cool. Well, thank you. We, we really look we're looking forward to great things from shift. You know, we, when we talk to our customers about what can the next uh, opportunity for Columbia Footwear be, we say, you know, if you took an athletic shoe and a hiking boot, put them in a box overnight, that's what you'd come up with, and that's shift. And frankly, the reception has been terrific, especially in these boutique sneakerhead uh, shops, not only in the U.S., but in Europe. Uh, it was a small launch in terms of product, but frankly, the, the uptake was quite compelling and it's going to it's going to be the genesis of a number of different products from the shift launch in that same family uh that we're launching over the next several seasons it's it's pretty exciting stuff is shift being traded on one of these stock exchange kind of things where they trade uh, limited numbers among people like they trade nikes you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll check, but it would be great if it were. We've had a few of those kinds of things happen. Uh, if you remember last year with our Star Wars launch, right. that product got picked up and, and was traded uh, on eBay. But uh, I, I don't know. I'll have to check on the sneaker launch. Well, we could be uh, uh, Frozen 2 could be like that. Yep, I agree. It's exciting merchandise. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing in terms of our relationship with Disney, uh, typically they're products that are sold under license are inexpensive uh maybe t-shirts might right. be the most expensive product and we we have very expensive products in in the disney launch and, and it's it's pretty exciting to see the uh, how well that that that's taken up now around the world you were terrific but i guess i have to point it out because i know it's always in the news these days you did have a slight decline in china and you still make things in china uh obviously china is a flashpoint do you think your company's being too too colored by what is really not nearly as important as some of the things we've just talked about. No, you know, I think China is by far the largest categorical opportunity, sorry, geographic opportunity mm -hmm. for the company. We have a great business there. We've been doing business in China on the selling side for almost 20 years. 
and we have a great brand recognition. We, we didn't handle that part of the business properly. We have new management in there. It's been in there about six months. We're right-sizing the business and doing the right things. But the brand is very strong there. Now, when we talk about what's typically in the news today is the, is the tariff implications right. on sourcing product in China. And we've, over the last several years, been moving product out of China, not because we don't like China, but frankly because there's been better opportunities in other sources countries. Now, some things, for example, some of the Sorel product, which is highly technical, we can't move quickly out of China. So we're, we're, we're paying additional tariffs on that merchandise, which we've been very clear, it's bad for consumers globally, bad specifically for consumers in the United States. And uh, we're, we're free traders. We like the opportunity to sell more merchandise at better prices to consumers. Well, I, you offer a great bargain because of the high quality of your goods. So I understand your desire not to have governments make it even more expensive than it should be. Thank you so much to Tim Boyle, president and CEO of Columbia Sportswear Company. Stock's too cheap, guys. It's been a winner the whole way. It's going to stay a winner. May have money's back in for the break. This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. In unprecedented times, access to the right information can help you make better informed investing decisions. That's why TD Ameritrade is committed to providing a range of relevant educational content, like timely articles, informative webcasts, and access to daily live market news, so you can stay on the path to becoming a smarter investor. Learn more at tdameritrade.com slash market hub. TD Ameritrade, where smart investors get smarter. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com. The moment the Fed cut interest rates yesterday, the talking heads immediately started in with the next round of their parlor game. What will the Fed do next? Will it cut again? Will it pause? Which officials want more easing? Which officials want it to stop? Every time I hear this stuff, I want to ask those people, are you really so desperate for a story that you can't even take time to savor that moment? Because I got to tell you, I think it's incredibly boneheaded to just immediately move on to the next thing without taking at least a second to process what actually just occurred. A long time ago, I used to be a sports writer. It taught me what I often consider to be the best form of analysis, the post game. There are so many fantastic commentators in sports that the quality often blows me away. I bring this up because no matter what, they always talk about the game at hand, both before and after. Not the game the next week. And these guys, the Fed guys, are talking about the game four months from now. If the 49ers trounce the Cardinals tonight, you better believe we're going to hear about all the havoc that Nick Bosa created for the hapless Arizonans. We'll hear what it means for the playoff hopes of the Rams. We'll learn whether the Cardinals are simply Hilltoppers. That's my name for pro team that might have trouble beating the Summit Hilltoppers, the team at the high school my kids went to. But the one thing you won't hear is anything about the next game for either team. 
Why? It's too soon. <laughs> the next game's irrelevant. Come on. In baseball terms, you talk about how the Nationals beat the Astros. You don't talk about whether there's going to be a rematch. I wish the business media has the same discipline as sports media because we constantly make this mistake. Before we even have time to process what the Fed did yesterday, we're back to the parlor game about what they'll need to do at the next meeting in December. All this commentary is worthless to you. You have to do the best to tune it out. I mean, it's just not helpful to making money. The same goes for the China talks. Oh, that's another parlor game. I know Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, sounded more optimistic about some sort of deal when I spoke to him before Apple reported. But then today, some Chinese officials leaked word that they're pessimistic about the prospects of a trade deal, and then the market got hammered. The truth is, we don't have any idea how this is going to go, and trying to bet on it is a bit of a fool's game. But I'll tell you what we do know. We know the only person who wants to be tougher on China than Trump is Elizabeth Warren, the current Democratic frontrunner. In other words, no matter how the election goes next year, there's a very good chance the White House will continue to try to crack down on China's unfair trade practices. Hey, it looks like we played the long game over here, too. And we know the Chinese economy has been hit a lot harder than our economy. Sooner or later, I think they'll realize there's no point in trying to wait out Trump and then come. They got to come to the table, although that could take a while. Either way, when you see some headlines speculating that we won't be able to reach a deal with China, I urge you to forget about it. That headline could have been written any day of the week. It's called an evergreen story, people. It's being ginned up so that authors have something to say. In other words, it's no different than Fed gas bagging, which is why it's a terrible reason to sell stocks. You need to ignore these parlor games that the commentators play. You do. I want you to keep your eyes on the price, and that's owning high-quality stocks of high-quality companies and riding them through periods of idle chatter. I know it is hard to believe. But let me tell you, after 40 years of doing this, I can tell you that most of this speculation about the Fed or China trade talks is absolutely meaningless. Do yourself a favor and tune it out. Tony in Pennsylvania. Tony. Hi, Jim. Booyah. Booyah, Tony. I'm a... Fr- I'm a first-time caller, and I want to thank you for this great show. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Uh, my question is on American Express. I know this is one of the companies right. you like, but its stock has drastically... Oh, don't wait. Look, there's a, pull, there's like a downward pull for all the fintechs right now. Put American Express away. Square did a great job. It was a really terrific quarter. Really terrific. Elva in Michigan. Elva. Love you, Jim. Thank you, Elva. I'm 93 years old, and I watch your show every day. What? Etsy. E-T-S-Y for my granddaughter. Okay, here's the story with Etsy. They had some one-time problems. I think they're going to solve the problems. The stock is going to be under pressure for a little bit longer. Do not sell it. Do not sell it. But don't buy it till it goes down another 10% because I think it may actually do that. All right, don't let the parlor games distract you. Keep your eye on the prize, people. I'm here to help. Much more mad money hit for three generations. Smarties candies have been a favorite among Halloween trick-or-treaters. I'm finding out how the Kramer-approved candy has been strong all these years. Then yesterday's GDP numbers made it look cool. Well, maybe the economy was chugging along and it's being helped by the continued consumer. But what can win in an environment like this? I'm talking to an expert in the field to find out. And all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stick with... Kramer! Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. They had decent numbers, right? Decent numbers. Who the hell cares? <laughs> uh, speaking really? of decent... Who cares? Yes, who cares? Such yes, who cares? Yes, who cares? It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Wrapped up in a crinkly cocoon, 
these little cylinders of sweetness have given generations of children that much-desired sugar high. Can Smarties, the classically tart treat, take this candy company into the future? On the only night of the year when we stockpile bags of candy to hand out to screaming children, I think it's worth taking a closer look at the business of candy. So in keeping with the spirit of Halloween, I've got a real treat for you. Smarties Candy Company. That's a privately held confectioner that makes my number one favorite candy. I keep a dozen cups of all different kinds of Smarties on my desk at all times, and you need to ask me if you want one. I often say no because I'm arbitrary and capricious, and it's my darn show. This year, Smarties is celebrating its 70th year in business, all under the same family. And they've done a great job of making their old school brand more fun and relevant than ever. So let's take a close look. This is very exciting for people with Liz D., the co-president of Smarties Candy Company, to learn more about what the future holds for my favorite candy. Ms. D., welcome to Mad Money. Thank you so much, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. How did you know? How did you find out it was my fave? Oh, my gosh. Well, Eric Miller, a friend of ours, told us when when you showed the brain, your brain, and a portion of it was Smarties. He saw that and immediately texted me and said, oh my gosh, Jim Cramer loves Smarties. So of course we needed to hook you up with some Smarties. And it's just so awesome. It's so awesome because you're such a Smartie. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is a true family-run business, right? So give us the lineage and how exciting it is for you right now. Thank you. Yes. Well, first of all, like you said, we're celebrating our 70th year in business. In 1949, my grandfather, Edward D., came over to the United States by boat and started the business right here in New Jersey, where we still are today. Well, I've got to tell you, uh, it is remarkable because I've always felt that a lot of candy companies have moved away and they try to act like they're American, but they're not anymore. Why did you stay? It's so important for us to stay here in New Jersey. We have an incredible team. Many people have been with us for decades. In fact, my grandfather just celebrated his 95th birthday. Oh, that's great. And he still comes into the office nearly every single day. So it's a family tradition that it is our honor to continue. It's so important for us to continue to be made right here in New Jersey. And how do the co-presidents work it all out? <laughs> well, with three people, you can never have a tie. So that works very that's well. Yes, and we're actually fifth-generation candy makers. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it's really important for us to continue our family's candy-making tradition. And while, of course, we continue to modernize, we're never going to change the formula because, heaven forbid, you taste your Smarties one day and it's different. We're never going to do that Don't to you, do Jim. that. I promise Don't do that. you that. Now, uh, you guys may be old, but you uh, love social media. That's right. Yes, we try to remain current, of course, on social media. And we have done a total rebrand and package redesign recently as well. So while we are still a nostalgic and iconic candy, Mm -hmm. we continue to stay fresh and current for today's consumers. And on today of all days, Halloween, you never really know who's coming to your doorstep and what needs they may have. So what works for Smarties is that it really appeals to a modern consumer because we are fat-free and gluten-free, top allergen-free, peanut-free, dairy-free, and vegan. So we're really working for today's sensibilities while still staying classic and true to our roots with the candy. My father sold uh, gift wrap for a living, and particularly Christmas gift wrap. And the one day that he had off 
was Christmas because you didn't have to worry anymore. Is today an easy day for you? Well, uh, that depends what you mean by easy. Well, I mean, is this a, once you're done the holiday, do you get a yes. couple of days off before you start thinking about next Halloween? I plan on kicking my feet up a little you bit. You will? Yes, I will. I'll be going hiking this weekend with my dog and my husband. Oh, so fantastic. that's how I'm going to be recuperating from a busy Halloween season. All right. So wh- how, what are the channels that are best? I mean, are, dollar, are the dollar stores? Is it Walmart, the club, the club stores, Amazon? Where do you sell the most? Well, one thing that's exciting about Smarties is that they can really be found everywhere candy yes, is everywhere. sold. Everywhere. Now, as you know, candy is often an impulse buy, so in-store is definitely strong for us because right. oftentimes people don't have it on their list, mm-hmm. but then they walk by the candy aisle and they say, oh yeah, I wanted to pick up some Smarties. Of course, Halloween is our biggest season. Right. It's our biggest candy holiday. It's actually the end of our fiscal year today as well. It is. It is, because we know how we've done for the year once Halloween is done. All right, so here's the way I do it. I have the basket, and I, it's filled with Smarties, and I let kids actually put their hand in and take as many as they want. Are most people, like, here? <laughs> uh, well, the entire Smarties team takes home about 40 pounds of candy to share with their friends and family. So we're very <laughs> popular around Halloween. And it's funny, because sometimes we can hear the kids on the street say, Go to that house. I'm going to yes. be there a second time. That's the Smarties house. They'll let you take as much as you want. It absolutely is the way people do it. Last question. What I understand and why I am so uh, cherry about it, I, they give me four every day. They lay them up. I say, <laughs> I eat three. I try to put one away. But I don't really need to because these are, are not a lot of calories. Right. One roll is only 25 calories, which often surprises people. And, of course, there's 15 tablets in a roll. You never know. Tablets? Yes, yes. Don't call them tablets. Oh, okay. Pieces of candy. Yes. Okay. (laughs) 15 pieces of candy in every Smarties roll. So you never really know what you're going to get. And, yes, you can ration them out. So that 25 calories goes a very long way. I like to put, I mean, maybe I'll have six before I write the top. (laughs) And then, like, I'll have four. And then I'll have two right before I come out. And that's why I brush my teeth before I come out because I've got a lot of... Anyway. (laughs) I love it's, that. It's my darn fave. Okay, that's Liz D, co-president of Smarties Candy Company on the greatest American holiday of the year. Thank you. Yeah, buddy, be right back after the break. Uh-huh. It is time. It's time for a very spooky light round. <laughs> And then the lightning rounds are, are you ready, Skate? Yeah, the lightning rounds are, Ashwin, in California. Ashwin! Hello, Jim, uh, from Warrior Country. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, my symbol was uh, XLMX. Silence, 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 silence. It's got too much China. People want to own the Corvos, and they want to own the Microns, and they want to own NBDA or AMD. I like all those better. Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike McBike. Yeah, booyah to you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, of course. Look, uh, Jim, I own uh, Occidental Petroleum, about $5 more than sell for now. Uh, I was thinking of uh, buying more at the lower price. No, average no, down. we're not going to buy more oils. I mean, I've gone over and over and over, and the oils are just a bummer, okay? I mean, that's a real technical term, but it basically means that they're fossil fuel stocks, and the, the young managers won't own them, and people don't even trust the dividends. Okay, let's go to Joe in Maine. Joe! Booyah, Jim. How are you? I am good, Joe's none better. What's going on? Well, thanks for being a great inspiration and knowledgeable teacher to all of us oh, small man. investors out there. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. I'm interested about your thoughts on Datadog 
uh, symbol D D O G. Don't know data dog. That's a that's a trick. I want a treat. Let's try Raul in Connecticut. Raul. Yeah, hey Kramer. Um, I want to know what you think of wave life sciences. W V E. Well, this is perfect. Just on Halloween, I'm stumped on two right in a row. Two people come right to my door I don't recognize them. Maybe they're from another neighborhood. You ever see that? You know, they come in with like at 830 and they knock on your door. You're like really scared. You got your light out. And they want like thousands of pieces of candy. Well, come by at six and you'll get some good stuff. I have, I'm giving Smarties out. Today. I am. How about Chuck in California? Chuck. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. Best, hey, Chuck. How have you been? Oh, wonderful. Beautiful weather as usual. I have a question for you. After a decent earnings report, but then uh, 300 million mixed security filing, any thoughts on my spec fintech security play, one span, OSTM? One span's good. You know, I'm an Okta fan. Kramer, Kramer family fave Okta, I think, has got more long-term staying power. That's the one you want to be in. Let's go to Ovan in Maryland. Ovan. Hey, Jim. This is Ovan from Maryland. I want to give you a... Okay. Okay, rap battle. Here we go. All right, so my stock that I'm interested in, I, I bought it during some hard times, and I really believe in this model, and I'm kind of curious about how, how you feel about it. The stock symbol is IITR. Yeah, I know it, and it's a pick and pan. Some people say it like that. A play on gold. In other words, it is a REIT for cannabis. And I'm going to say nothing cannabis is working, including a REIT. So no way, no how. Ken in California. Ken! Hey, booyah. Booyah, Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Of and course. also thank you for your common sense approach to stocks. Thank you. My question is Slack Industries, W-O-R-K. Well, Slack Technologies, I've got to tell you, I think it's a very good company. I don't like those direct listings. They tend not to be able to... Uh, be able to find real buyers. But you know what? The other day I said it was time to buy Spotify, and I've been right. I think you'll be fine putting on a little slack, but we can't. we got to wait till see. I mean, Jesus, crop of ones that have just come public. Look at Pinterest tonight blew up. Got to be careful. John in Montana. John. Booyah, Jim, and thanks for taking my call. Oh, wanted to hear Hey, wanted to hear your thoughts on GW Pharma. I think GW Pharma is real good. We had Justin Gover on recently. Now it is again. I keep pointing this out. It is in marijuana ETFs. And the shorts are pushing those down. There's a lot of too much hot money in it. But GW Pharma is a true pharmaceutical company. And I think it's fine. Half position now and see if the marijuana stocks have one more leg down. Jimmy in California. Jimmy. Mr. Kramer. Booyah. Thank you very much for taking my call, sir. It's my first time calling. I've been listening at your program for years. Oh, thank you. Uh, my stock is Covanta Holdings. Uh, uh, look, I, I'm surprised, Covanta, that people don't trust that that uh, that distribution. Uh, see, what what are people worried about? Just so you know about this. This yields almost seven percent. I mean, as soon as you see a 7% yield, people say there must be something wrong. Uh, we've had Covanto on the show a couple of times. This is waste energy. I feel confident about it. I can be wrong. I can be wrong. But I, I felt when we had them on, they told a real good story. How about we go to Hank in Florida? Hank! Hello, Mr. Kramer. A big Halloween booyah. Ooh, very scary. Very scary. Ooh. Listen, a few uh, months ago, you recommended CME Group. Yeah, I think CME's terrific. Day. 
CME has got really, I mean, this is transaction-based business. If it comes in, I want to be even bigger. This company's got a great franchise. I really like CME. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. said before, I'll say it again, this whole economy is being propped up by the consumer. Despite the trade tensions with China, slowdown in business investment here in the U.S., the labor market is in terrific shape and the consumers are flush. So if we want to understand what can work in this environment, we've got to catch up with a true retail expert. I'm talking about Adrian Shapira. She's the managing director of Eurasio. Eurasio, that's a new company. Eurasio Brands, well, from when I knew It's a retail-oriented private equity firm. Shapira's a legend. She spent 13 years at Goldman Sachs, where she taught me a ton. She's the managing director in global investment research, covering the broadline retail sector. She then became the CFO of David German, designed jewelry company from 2012 to 2016. Just today, we learned that her private equity firm bought a minority stake in Herschel Supply Company. That's the company best known for its hipster retro backpacks that my wife loves. So let's take the pulse of the consumer with my friend. Yes, I'm willing to say that, even though I know it's not about friends, it's about money. Adrian Shapira, and learn more about Eurasio's brand's latest investment. Ms. Shapira, welcome to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. So good to see you. Well, Thanks, I Adam. mean it when I say you taught me so much. No, you were the best retail analyst on the street for years and years oh, and years. And then you decided to go out on your own. And uh, tell us about this one, because this is a brand that, frankly, I was trying to figure out who owned it. Because I see it everywhere. Founders. Three brothers in Vancouver. It's Halloween. I brought you a treat. So, backpack for you. But yeah, we're super excited. This is our fifth investment at Eurasio Brands. And what's so exciting is that they really disrupted the category 10 years ago. Two brothers in Vancouver, Jamie and Lyndon Cormack, uh, saw that, you know, the backpack category was much more functional and they brought quality design craftsmanship and their badge. And what that did is it added a heartbeat to the category. They really recognized that consumers were valuing travel adventure. And they wanted Herschel to be part of the journey. And that's what they did. Okay, so now you obviously looked at financials ahead of time. This is not, they're not inexpensive. They're good looking. Look, they're not well, you know, schlock. They're really good. So, are they selling? I mean, in other they words, are. okay. And is the consumer? Do we draw a conclusion that Herschel's doing great, or that Herschel's doing great and the consumer's doing great? Well, it depends. I mean, Herschel is doing great, and you know, I've got this hip sack here. You know, just when you thought, just when you thought, I couldn't get any chicer. Look at that. So, um, I am so cool going through the TSA line. You know, I mean, what they bring is a great aesthetic. And travel and mobility. I mean, everything has to be hands-free, right? I mean, you've got so many phones, you're juggling. And so what they have done is brought smart solutions to the modern multitasking Mm -hmm. consumer. And you feel well-traveled. You feel super smart when you've got Herschel that has thought through a lot of these things. You You have a lot of other cool brands that people don't know are yours. Yes, yes. We all, once you tell them that all the hipsters will know, because that's really what you put together. Go ahead. Thank you. Alongside my partner, Jill Granoff, when we launched Eurasio Brands about two and a half years ago, we had the great opportunity, thanks to our CEO, Virginie Morgan, to birth brands. And Eurasio is a $18 listed private equity firm, but on the heels of the great success they had in, in Paris, right. Paris, yes. But uh, on the heels of the great Montclair success, our CEO, Virginie, thought, you know, let's go after consumer differently. Right. So she charged Jill and I to think about consu- consumer brands in a way that really resonated with the consumer. Who is 
talking and, and tugging at the heartstrings of consumers today. So we have $800 million, uh, allocated on the balance sheet to invest across six consumer verticals, fashion, beauty, home, leisure, food, and wellness. We've done now five investments, two in beauty, Nest Fragrances, and Pat McGrath Color Cosmetics. Uh, in activewear, we've invested in Bandier and in food and beverage Q Mixers. And today, super excited about Hershey. The Q is brilliant. You know, it's brilliant. Because yeah, Brooklyn-based. Yes, I know, Brooklyn-based. And yeah. what you just, it's just crushing it because no one wants the big old brands. It's just like Bud. Right. Right. Q is craft versus Bud. Right. No, it's true the emerging brands are winning in such a meaningful way because, again, you know, how we shop is obviously being disrupted. Right. And as a result, you know, consumers can kind of, the transparency drives great um, uh, knowledge about these brands. And so the consumer demands a soul. And so now... Soul. A soul. Consumer demands a soul. Yeah. But people think Facebook's phony. <laughs> and they think Instagram's phony. Do they have a soul? Well, I think what we found is our founders, all of our five investments have our founder-led. They are unbelievable, soulful people. And they've got great stories to tell. And as a result, you know, consumers really resonate with that. I mean, when you, when you light a Nest bamboo candle, it creates a mood. Right. When you're wearing Pat McGrath... Uh, cosmetics, you feel beautiful. When you're wearing Bandier, you feel strong. Q, I mean, a spectacular cocktail with an addition of Q. And Herschel, you feel super smart when you travel. Yes. So all those things, you know, I, I think really resonate with the consumers. And, and I think given Jill and our, our operating right. expertise, I think we recognize that, again, uh, consumers are demanding much more for brands than just, you know, um, uh, just what was the past. But I see these brands resonate in social media by people who love them. Right. I mean, really, I think, isn't that part of the allure and, and part of the sales? Yeah, people want to be part of the dri- tribe. People want to be part of that movement. No, but this, this is new from when you were at Goldman, right? Yeah. That was not the case. Right. Is the department store dead? You covered them all. Yeah. Um, well, look, I think, I think boring is dead. I think... Boring is dead? Yeah, I mean, I think what's happening is That's that... That's good. <laughs> there's a wedge <laughs> between winners and losers, right? And okay. so I think... I think winners are almost like good husbands, the ones that care and listen. You know what that's like. And so if you care and listen to the consumer, you're right. winning. Well, you know, look, congratulations. This is a very big deal. I know everybody was talking about it today. You've got to come on on each one of your deals because you have the pulse better than anyone I've ever met. I'm not kidding. The better, oh, the best nice. pulse. She knows more about retail than anyone I've ever that's met. That's very nice. That's well, I'm sorry? No, I, thank you very much. Let's also... Excited that we've got co-investors with this deal. Absolutely. Okay, that's Adrian Shapiro. She's managing director of your Ozio Brands. Stick with Kramer. And we'll be back. First, happy Halloween. I'm going to go home tonight, and after I've given out all the Smarties that I have, actually, I'm going to Longshoreman to get out the Smarties. I am going to look into this Arista Networks, A-N-E-T, which is down so badly, but also look into Corvo, which is a cell phone maker semi that is soaring. So cell phone semi up, and then a company that is involved with the cloud. That's A-N-E-T, down big. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Man Money. I'm Jim Cray, and I'll see you tomorrow! CNBC's Workforce Executive Council is a premier group of C-suite human resources executives from leading companies across the country. It offers a members-only portal and chat, plus exclusive industry content, with access to breaking news calls and digital networking experiences. The network and resources HR leaders need now. 
apply to the Workforce Executive Council at cnbccouncils.com slash WEC.